podcast. Dave Elliott's weird podcast on if you're listening to this the day that it's released, what is April Fool's Day? And hey, will I be doing any April Fool's pranks this year? Nox nah, ain't a nerd. Any nerds out there doing April Fool's, unless it's a really great one, you really fully dupe somebody to either the case that they or yourself or someone else ends up either in prison or dead. I don't want to know. It's not a good enough prank. But if you have done any of those and you have resulted in prison time or something, yes, sweet, let me know. That's good crack. But, yo, what's happening? Are we all good? Are we all well? Um, It's been a crazy week. You know, it's always going to be a crazy week when the podcast drops on the day after Mother's Day. You know, the day of the year where all the mothers come out, you know, battle royale style into the town go absolutely do-lally on Prosecco and start beating lumps out of each other. That's what happens on Mother's Day. A phenomenon I didn't know existed when I was growing up. Hey, I'm from Hollywood. I'm a North Down guy. I grew up thinking the kids, you know, just show their mother's love. You know, they make them... like That sounds like an LL Cool J song. I grew up thinking... Mm. I grew up thinking, the kids show their mother's love, baby. Show your mother some love, baby girl. Lick your mother. Mmm. On the face, not any more sexual, because that'd be weird. Oh, even though licking a, licking your mom's face is still kind of strange, baby. Mm, yeah, LL, baby. You know, it's weird, but I just thought, you make your mommy breakfast, you get her some fleurs and a wee card, and just basically say, hey, mom, I love you. Because you know what? Whenever you're from Hollywood, you show your mom, you're a mommy's boy, you know, you show your mom you love her every day. So if you are, you know, say from... Somewhere outside of the, of the mighty North Down. I've heard things are a bit different, you know. One of my uh, friends, who happens to work doors, a bouncer, you know, a, a lethal weapon, a door merchant, you know, a, a guardian of the booze, basically told me that it's the wildest day of the year to work. Like, people go mad. Women who are mothers are so pumped up. They're self-entitled. They've all this... Uh, mm, they've all this in- in- intensity built up in them. Because they have been told for one day and one day only, you're number one, mum. You know, it's like in the back of their head they'd be thinking it. They'd be going, "I'm a, I'm a pretty good mum. I, I think I'm a pretty good mum." You know, would it be number one? I don't know. Maybe top ten, possibly, in the world. But am I number one? You know, there's some niggling doubts. They're going, "I don't know. Am I?" Mm. And then when you get that, you know sort of validation from your kid and they go mum you are number one they go do lally hit the town the stilettos come off the prosecco goes in i don't know why mums are wearing stilettos on mother's day but hey what i'm gonna say the wedges come off you know and, and they can be quite dense you could you could give someone a blunt force trauma with a big a big old wedge you know you don't have to have those pinpoint stilettos just piercing skin you can just bring a big old wedge and just lob somebody in the bonds with it TKO mummy style, you know what I mean? Those mummies go out, they're lacing the uh, Prosecco into them, they're sculling fruit bowls of pink gin, you know, they're just getting it into them, and they're they're going out with that confidence that they are the numero uno mama, you know? They're the Inchico numero uno, which I think means number one boy, but hey, I don't speak Spanish, whatever. But then it gets awkward, we'll punch the mic there, sorry about that. But, um, you know, it's awkward too, like, see, whenever you're in my situation whereby you have a mum and a kid and therefore a wife or if you just you know whatever don't care about labels for my story whatever but when you're in that situation you have a wife who you know believes she's the number one mum and your own mum she believes she's the number one mum when they come together you know some mum wars going on and then the same thing happens whenever the mother-in-law strikes, she believes she's number one mum, so it's all these three, I don't want to say testosterone, because I don't think women have testosterone, man. I think women have testosterone, they're going under gender reassignment, you know what I mean? They've got that flipping Castor Semenya vibe going on, you know, so they've got that, that, they've got that, they've got the wide lat spread, is what I'm saying, you know, if you're a woman with testosterone, you've got a wide lat spread, you know, it's not a nice delicious sunday roast spread you're putting on a table it's a it's a wide lat spread you're showing the people what you're about you're showing the people you got a thick back you do the bent over rows lat pull downs your lat spread if you've got testosterone i'm talking whatever the female hormones are estrogen 
Maybe. Maybe that's just sexist. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, whatever that hormone is, whatever that ad- adrenaline is, the women, the mummies get on Mother's Day, they think they're number one. Recipe for disaster. You know what I mean? When you get psyched up women and you get booze, you're going to get fights. And that's just straight up the way it is. It's awkward for me because I have to... I have to tell my mum, she's the number one mum. You know, I have to give her a card and be like, hey, you are the champion. All hail. Whereas at the same time, live with a wife who is being told by my daughter that she's the number one mum. You know what I mean? It's, there's, there's tension there. Do you know what I mean? And like, to be fair, you know, I don't know whether this is a spoiler or not, but um, my daughter didn't actually get anything for her mum this Mother's Day. I did because my daughter is 15 months old she can't speak she can only walk for about 15 seconds she can't she doesn't have money she ain't got a job she no, you know she's no responsibility what you mean in that circumstance I think the kid then should just be like hey or the mum should be like look my kid can't get me a present so therefore I just you know get appreciated for a day and then I might generate some ire coming at me from some mummies because whenever I said this to my wife she was like oh well, I'll remember that on Father's Day. I will do absolutely nothing for you. We'll just leave you for the day. And I went, as in, like, sp- like you'll run, leave me. Like, break up with me, leave me, take the kid. And she went, no, just go out somewhere and do something ourselves. And I was like, and that in itself is a prime example of a perfect Father's Day gift. Because when you're a dad, all you want is peace. You know, any sort of inkling of time just to yourself is just peace like us dads our sanctity is in the toilet sometimes we will go to the toilet and sit we'll take our trousers down we'll take our pants down we'll sit on the toilet you know we will do you know we'll just sit sometimes we won't even poo we won't even pee we'll just sit there just because we get peace so if any moms out there looking for something to do for dads on father's day sort off for the day Make sure it's a good. Hopefully, Father's Day falls on a day of good football. You know, they can sit, we can sit in, have a couple of beers, watch some football, maybe get a few other dads around, and just have a dad day. That'd be great. Whereas a Mother's Day, mothers just they covet the family. You know, that's what they want to do. You know, they're like old school mafia leaders. It's Mother's Day. What I want to do is on Mother's Day, you come around. You we break bread with the family. You know, we have meatballs, we have spaghetti, we drink some Rioba, we have a good time with a family. We all gather together, we all show everyone, we kiss my ring, we kiss my, we don't rim me, we kiss my ring. If I said I wanted to be rimmed, I would say we lick my hole, we don't do that, we don't tongue my asshole, we just kiss my ring, cause I am the matriarch of the family. Everybody's coming around, kissing my ring, giving me presents, giving me cards, that's what I want on my mother's day. I love the family. I love the meatballs. I don't know why I'm going more Italian as I go on. I love the meatballs. I love the meatballs. I love the kissing the ring. I love sucking the coke. You know, that's what mothers want. They want the family all around. They want to be, you know, exalted. <laughs> High above everything. You know, raised on a plinth. Whereas dads just want left alone. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe get a, a pair of shears or something. Something like a dad would take to the garden. A pair of shears. You know, a chainsaw. You know, that kind of thing for something like a, a, an old dad would want. You know, pair of, you know, pair of gardening gloves, pair of gardening gloves, dungarees, you know, a pea cap. Something like that's all dad wants. Whereas mum just, they want, they want it all. They want the praise. They want, you know, to be hyped. They want to be told they're number one. And that's what they get, all these cards saying. And, you know, it's important, therefore, to balance keeping the mums away from other mums on Mother's Day because that's volatile. You don't need that. So this year for Mother's Day, we just as a family, myself, daughter Holly, wife Catherine, went for a wee day trip. Now, I'm going to take the credit for this because it was it was me that planned it because, as I said, Holly's too wee to do anything. But we went for a day, got a picnic, headed up to the north coast, took a wee nice picnic along at the side of, a wee, of some bloody sand and water because that's what there is up there had a picnic had some I had my coffee obviously my Contigo flask because it keeps my coffee warm flat out from morning to night I had my coffee because I'm driving and I'm a I'm a 
I'm a, whoa, I'm a forgetful old man with dementia. No, I am a responsible adult, so I was drinking a coffee, whereas Catherine, she was drinking Prosecco, you know, because, hey, I knew there were some mothers about there, and I wanted to get her amped up, ready to go. She had wedges on. She had some Prosecco. I was like, hey, away you go. Fight to the death, Battle Royale. But um, she's on Prosecco. We got some nice sandwiches, some fruit, fed Holly, fed ourselves, had a nice, enjoyed some views, and then went for a nice walk at the Giant's Causeway, which was great. And then when we finished that, we went to, went to the place to think, like, here's the thing. We went to this place. Um, called I think it was Mini Mini Maiden right which is like a a cheese yeah Mini Maiden it's called it's like a food truck up near the Giants Causeway right and I've been uh, I've been told about this place by uh, a friend of mine Dylan Osborne who was like hey man I bumped into him Tesco he's like man get up there check us out if we go to the North Coast go to this Mini Maiden place so I did I went and checked it out and Basically, what it does: coffee and grilled cheese sandwiches, effectively, right? Just and hey, who doesn't like coffee? Who doesn't like grilled cheese? That's what I'm saying. So, after we walked off the picnic lunch, which hey, let's say was light, it was near like dinner time. So we stopped in, got a grilled cheese sandwich, split it with me and Catherine, headed on home. Now, the mini maiden was it nice? Yes. Was it one of the nicest cheese grilled cheese sandwiches I've ever had? Yes. Delicious. You know, it was like a nice mixture of grilled cheese or some leek. There were some onions in there. Very tasty. Would recommend the taste and the flavour. Would I recommend waiting there for it for 50 minutes? Nah. I got there, queued up. There was like, like I'm going to say a queue. There was like five people in the queue. So we went to the queue. I thought, this will not take long because, hey, it's five people. So then we were there about 20 minutes and the queue just wasn't moving. You know, there's two women working in the in the van and we're like one was just making these like fancy coffees which looked like they had just been made from bits of the marshmallow man's body, just chopped off. It looked very, they were voluptuous, pulsating beverages and then the cheese sandwiches looked nice. But hey, when you peel it back a bit, it's a grilled cheese sandwich. You know what I mean? Not that difficult. All you need to do... Bish bash bosh in a toaster, balls your uncle, fanny's your aunt, send them on home. But 20 minutes in, I was like, this is all in. Then Catherine was like, um, I think Holly's done a dump, so I needed to go and take her somewhere to change her, because you can't change her anymore in the car. She's too big. So we had to go, we went just across from the van to the Giants Causeway Visitor Centre to do that. And hey, guess what? We're National Trust members, get in there, FOC whatever i say foc we have paid full membership at the start of the year so we kind of have paid for it in advance you know what i mean we have paid so it wasn't free but i mean it felt free because you flash these cards ultimately you have to pay whatever so we went in there got the baby change came back the exact same amount of people in the queue i was able to go there get her sort of come back drive park get out of the queue and exact same space in the queue so then another half an hour went I still wasn't being served. And at this point, I'm like, right, Holly needs to... Holly needs to get home. You know what I mean? Get home, get fed. But, I mean, if it's you know, it's like a battle. I've come this far. I didn't want to just leave. You know, you come that far, you're like, I need grilled cheese here. Regardless of that. So we hung on. But I was going to get myself a, a nice coffee as well. I was like, I, I fancy trying one of these nice lattes. But the time it took to make a coffee, I was like, you know what? Just give me a bottle of water. I'll take a, one cheese sandwich. That's literally all. And how I got served actually quicker was because there was a couple of girls in front of me and they were like, uh, the woman was like, oh, you want your grilled cheese sandwich with leeks and onion? And they went, oh, no, we want it without. And she was like, oh, all right, I've done it with. And I just had to trip in and be like, hey, don't worry, don't throw it out. I'll take it. You know, I'll take it because, hey, I've been waiting here for 50 minutes and, you know, I kind of just want to lift up the uh, toasty making machine and just completely mash my own face in it because hey i'm not a patient guy you know whenever you've been out all day hanging about the place want you and your baby's having a good time you want to get home while the baby's still in good form you don't want to be you know out and about extra long hanging around for 50 minutes to get a toasty you know what i mean you could just drop into like a, a garage somewhere you drop into a costa coffee or a cafe nero you grab one off the shelf you go hey man stick that in a toaster for me bang it's there within two minutes do you know what i mean you go to this place food van out in the middle of nowhere 
and you stand for 50 minutes waiting on a toasty, bitch, please. You know, that's not what I want to do. Now, would I recommend the taste of it? Yes, probably one of the nicest toasted sandwiches I've had. Would I rather have just come home, haven't been to Tesco's, whacked a wee bit of ham, bit of cheese, and you know, probably had a ham and cheese toasty above waiting for 50 minutes. Like, there's so many things you could do within 50 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it was fun. You know, the picnic was fun. The walk around the causeway was fun. It was amazing to see Holly running about the place, just just having a great time, you know, at the Giants Causeway. Beautiful scenery, beautiful place. And it was just a nice day. And then we got home, had to go to Tesco's to get her some Vic Vapor rub because she's going to be playing um, five-side football for the local uh, amateur team, Banger here. But um, aside from that, she does have a full cold, so we're just basically trying to clear that up. So you're snuffling and puffling all day, but we, we had a great time. It was really good fun, and that was our Mother's Day. And hey, put a picture up on Instagram, the family, just having a nice day out. You know, didn't want to put anything up being like, you know, stoking the, the, the best mom in the world ego. You know, I know some people uh, love to put posts up. You know, yeah, fair enough. If you want to put a post on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever giving a major shout out to your mum go ahead but you know only if your mum has social media like if you're putting a post up and your mum's not going to see it you know why not just send a picture to your mum and be like hey you're the best mum here's a photo of us love you you know I mean why are you blaring on social media you're putting that on blast to say hey I have the best mum out there you know what the truth is you're not doing that for your mum that's selfish you know, the only reason you're putting that picture up is because you're sitting there yourself going, fuck, rather than saying to my mum, happy Mother's Day, I'm actually putting a photo up so I let my followers know, well, think that I'm a good person. You know, they need to know. They'll be like, hey, newsflash, I like my mum, you know, which most people do. You know, yes, there are some occasions where your mums are, you know, pieces of shit. And, you know, I think you should call them on that. Like, if you don't like your mum and it's Mother's Day, go, hey, this piece of shit used to beat me with a cat of nines, you know what I mean? Call her out on it. But, I mean, I just think it's kind of kind of gross, you know what I mean? For, but to put it out there, do your own private stuff, you know, go see your mum, give her a big hug. You don't have to blare it across social media just because social media has decided that's what you should do. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem that I have with that, you know? And it's just like, no one else, like your followers don't, like I don't think anyone literally looks at someone that's put a picture up and gone, my mum's the best mum, and goes, genuinely, I like that, fair play to you. No, they only like it because they, like you who post it, want to be seen, to be being nice people, and really, they don't give a fuck. You know, I have, like, one picture of per- that a person's put up of their them, their mum on Mother's Day this year, because, you know, why? I don't like that. I'd expect you to like your mum. Do you know what I mean? She's your mum. But, you know, each to their own. But, I mean, all I'm saying is if you do that, you ain't gonna be no friend of mine, nish nish. You know what I mean? That's where we're at with that right now, guys. But anyway, it has been a nice day. It has been a good weekend. And you notice that I'm talking about Mother's Day today. Um, recording on a Sunday. Too tired to do it on Friday this week. Got in from work, got all sleepy. Watched a documentary about the Miami show band on Netflix, which was uh, fully grim. For any of you who don't know, the Miami show band were a show band um, made up of guys from the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland just formed this great musical band, travelled all the band halls in the north north and south, just playing music for people, giving people a good time at a time where there was not much fun to be had. You know, the troubles were going on, these guys were just going around, playing music, having a great time, and then they got stopped at a fake checkpoint uh, along the border and got basically, their, their van was bombed and a couple of them got shot. You know, three of the guys out of the band died and it was just horrendous, the whole documentary is just basically talking about how there was collusion in amongst the UDR the Ulster Defence Regiment, the UVF Ulster Volunteer Force, some special secret service guys in MI6 you know just trying to use the band for their own end and it was real flipping, it was real I don't say eye opener because you know your full idea if you're into like you guys know the listeners of the weird podcast know I like a true crime, I like to know I like to watch a documentary I like to try to read up on things about the troubles I like to try and educate myself on that but hey this was dirty you know what they, what was trying to be done one of the guys in the band had said that 
there was a bomb planted on their van and because the, the, they go over the border so often what the plan was that the bomb would blow up when they were getting towards Dublin it would look like they were terrorists carrying a bomb people would be like oh my god we trusted this band going back and forward over the border to play their music when really they were moonlighting as terrorists you know so therefore that would stoke up tension stoke up lack of trust and then it would be a reason to put more checkpoints along the border toughen up the the security at the border do you know what I mean make people more paranoid and that was the mission of what went on but it was just grim to think that these lads are just out playing music you know entertainers trying to travel about you know as a comedian myself you know I would from time to time go down south to do gigs you know travel about there's a lot of guys come up to do gigs like this week Pug Uglies and uh, last week with Neve Marin this week with Joe Rooney you know what I mean guys will be coming up and uh, funny acts just trying to bring laughs trying to bring entertainment that's all these guys were doing and they're flipping innocently caught up in this it was terrible you know it was a real um, it would make you paranoid about other things over here you know make you go who is involved in what where's the collusion who's you know what I mean because there's a lot of bad people in this what I didn't realise was um, the extent of which the maybe loyalist terrorists weren't as you know monitored per se as the, the republican terrorists because the the army or the British army or that, that side of thing didn't view the loyalists as a threat to them because you know they were kind of in, in a weird way seen as being on the same side do you know what I mean so whereas like the IRA and stuff would have attacked British soldiers that wouldn't really happened all that much on the other side so they ended up you know being a bit of a blurred line some of the UDR members were you know crossing it was, it was all pretty shady but that documentary was definitely worth watching I tell you what it made me emotional you know maybe i'm i don't know what's going on me i was talking about testosterone I was talking about wide backs you know people putting on a big lat spread i'm just going the opposite way i don't know what the 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 way the feminine hormones i'm getting are but i'm just getting choked up with such emotion like anytime i see emotion i'm getting choked up and that that did it for me that documentary so you haven't seen that check it out it's called the miami show band massacre it's on netflix it's only about an hour long so definitely worth checking out my God, it was it was tearjerker. You know what I mean? Plenty of tearjerkers going about this week. I don't know what's going on, on social media with people sharing videos to make me cry. My God, it's terrible. There's a video was, uh, I heard about about this guy, this family. I found out that they're 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 having a baby and they're having twins. One twin was going to be well. One was going to be real sick. But you know, if the baby grew, you could have its you know, lungs and, like, internal organs given, you know, transplanted. The baby would die, but they, you could grow the lungs and transplant them. And then when the baby was born, it was too small, couldn't transplant its lungs. <sighs> Man, I'm too too emotional for this, do you know? I honestly think it's it's because I'm, I'm just a homeless guy still too, you know? I'm still, like, I'm still, like, I think nine weeks deep now, eight or nine weeks since I've been at home. And it's a nightmare. Um... You know, I must admit, over the weekend we did manage to get home and do a bit of like clearing out. We were able to clear like all our our like glassware and stuff, like wedding presents and stuff that were in cupboards out to be <coughs> cleaned and then put back into the new kitchen, which is gonna, but well, pardon, be put in the next couple of weeks, which is good. You know, that sounds like we're moving in the right direction. The the bathrooms being done soon. The the front hallway is going to be tiled. And then the kitchen will hopefully be started being put in the next couple of weeks, which is grand. The only thing is, need an electrician. Turns out the guy that only does my electrics, he can't do this week. So I need an electrician this week. So if any of you weirdos out there or electricians can hook me up, you know, come out. Obviously, I say hook me up, providing you're a decent price, I will pay you. You know what I mean? Unless, of course, you're like, hey, I will hook you up, in which case, hey, I will take it. But if any of you guys are electricians or can recommend any electricians hit me up dm me on on instagram or or tweet me or whatever you know get in touch and let me know because i need an electrician for this week need someone to come in move a couple of lights about get ready for the boys coming in to fix the kitchen you know plaster and stuff's going to come in need a couple of spotlights put in and a light moved where an island's going to be and hey if you're there if you're an electrician you come there you might even get to see the bespoke table you know the the 45 grand um five century old oak table that just rests in my 
dining room at the minute looking a bit like the Chernobyl site. You know, there's a fairground at Chernobyl. It's it's really iconic about the the nuclear fallout that's there. It's just like an old, dusty Ferris wheel going around. Or not going around. It's not going around. It's It's static, but it's a Ferris wheel. That's what my house is like. There's just a layer of dust on everything. And it's sad. Like, it feels like it's an abandoned house. But... To be more positive, you know I like to bring positive chi to all my uh, weird listeners out there. I just want to say on that note, there are things happening at long last. Things are positive. We're moving forward. And hopefully there'll be some movement in the next few weeks and, and daddy will be getting home. Because at the moment, the, the gaff a minute the minute, as much as it's nice to have, it's not home. It's not baby proof. It's open plan. It's it's just not it's not not it's not not sweet. It is kind of sweet to have it. Don't like the parking. And hey, I've got a neighbour bitch from hell. You know she is whoever this woman is that lives a couple like I don't know what the deal is because this house, as I say before, it's an A house, which means it's built in the like backyard of like what was number twenty five. The developers must have been like, here I see an opportunity to build a house in your backyard, so it means there'd be no view out of any of the windows. You'll have to drive up a back entry alleyway and have to manoeuvre a gate to like sneak your car into the back. But hey, it is what it is. So on the first day we moved in here, I had parked the car where the landlord had told me it was sweet to park, and this woman appears, and she's like, you need to move your car. And I was like, all right, okay, it's just that the landlord, no, I need to reverse up here. And I was like looking at it going... Uh, can't you reverse up there? Is there, you know, maybe I've just, you know, I always say don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe I didn't look into the car and to see that the woman, you know, maybe had no arms or legs. Because, I mean, that's about the only reason that you could not have reversed up this wee alleyway into your car park where I was parked. You know, you could fully, a fully able-bodied person with arms and legs. Could have done, even someone that can't drive could have done it. It's not that difficult. She's like, no, you need to move it. So then I moved my car into this like super tight uh, backyard that we have here. So both our cars are in the backyard. And you have to like shimmy one at a time. Shimmy, shimmy, oh, shimmy, ah, shimmy, yay. And it's hard to do, you know. So I didn't like that for a start. Then during the week, one night during the week, we're just sitting watching TV, myself and Catherine. Holly's in bed. It's about, I don't know, nine o'clock, half nine. Just hear a big rap on the door. I'm like, you know, who's that this time of the day? And then it goes again, like an aggressive knock. And I was like, right, I'll just go and check it. Open the door. Is this bitch again? She goes to me, is that your car in the, in the lane? And I went, uh, no, it's not. And she just swished around wearing like one of these long coats. You know, like it was it was a strange coat. It's like a light, I don't know, but it whipped around the wind. She stormed off. Not even, all right, sorry. Just stormed off around she went. And I obviously, you know, me being, me being a nosy guy, I went around, had a wee check to see uh, where the car might have been parked. And lo and behold, there was just a random car parked fully blocking her, getting up the lane. And did I enjoy that? Absolutely. You know, did I wish it was my car? Yes. You know, I love the block. I, to be fair, if it was my car, I would have tried to go out, done sort of some sort of sneaky handbrake removal without her seeing and get her just roll back into her car. You know, drop Brian Harvey on her and just roll into the car and be like, oops, accident. But no, it turns out it was some other guy. And when we went back to sit in the living room, about 10 minutes later, we just heard this noise. It sounded like a dog being choked. And we sort of, what's this? And I said to Catherine, go and, go and open that door there a wee minute. So obviously to listen, because I'm a nosy guy. So we slid open the door and we're just listening to it. And it was just her having a full go at somebody. I couldn't even make out words that she was saying because she's that much of an absolute mental bitch that she was just screaming. But I mean, I just feel like on this, that whenever I move back into my house, before I go, hey, there will be a posted on this woman's car. You know, that's the kind of way I conduct business. You know, I'm going to put a post-it in the car. I'm just going to maybe give her a few home truths. You know, because I'm a man enough to go and rattle her door. No, because would she probably hit me? Yes. And then I wouldn't be able to hit her back because, you know what, I was brought up the right way because my mum is numero uno. Pump an iron reference there for anyone, any physique guys out there. But, um... Yeah, it's hater. So and I'm fed up with living this gaff now, having that psycho neighbour. So I just want to get back to my house where I live beside two lovely older ladies, you know. It just so happens that I have a thing for older ladies, as in we get on well together. 
you know, we don't we don't fuck, but I mean, I'm open to it if, you know, I was a single guy and they just kept being nice to me, you know, it's digging myself a hole here, but long story short is I'm ready to get home again, and if you're an electrician, please hook me up, I need some electrical help this week. And speaking of this, well, why, why am I the Segway King today? You know, it's a, uh, like, like I'm a radio guy. And speaking of this week, ah, we had quite a lineup of Pug Uglies. We had, uh, you know, it's mad. But no, last week in Pug Uglies was great. We had Neve Marin up headlining. You know, she's uh, smashed it. We had James McKegney on support. He was great. I really enjoyed James McKegney. I think he's a good lad. And I think he is a, a very promising stand-up as well. He's feeling a wee bit like, oh, I don't know if I enjoyed that there. And I said, like, hey, man, look. The crowd were a bit, the cr- you know, normally it's bad crack to blame a crowd, you know. I don't even think that, but literally on this occasion, the crowd were, like, not the best. Some of them, amazing, major shout-out to them, but, like, when there's a couple of tables that just don't really know or, or like comedy and are just there by fluke, they do sort of bring the room down a bit. So I thought James was cracking, and if you haven't checked them out, check them out. As well, on the night we had Jordan Robinson pop on to do five, and uh, Johnny Bow, who hadn't been gigging in a while, and I tell you what, very impressed with Johnny Bow. You know, he's he's a one-liner comic, and a lot of his one-liners were very funny. So if you haven't checked out Johnny Bow yet, check him out. Um, I'll for sure have him on Pugs again at some stage. And this week in Pugglies, we have another great lineup. It's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a sitcom special this week. We have Alan Irwin, who is Sandy from Soft Border Patrol, um, the bike riding. I guess culty riding. I don't know if it, I think there there is a, a a bit of it in Soft Border Patrol where there's like a love interest with him and this like obviously zany character who lives in the country, and yeah he's there so he's riding bikes and he's riding culties in the show. I don't think he does that much in real life. I think he's got a car, but Alan's a very funny guy. He's on doing support for Joe Rooney, who's Father Demo in Father Ted. If you haven't seen that episode of Father Ted, it's a classic. For sure, check it out. But Joe Rooney, I'm delighted to have him on. I think he's he's brilliant. He's uh, I've seen him a couple of times before, and any time he's ever been on, he's absolutely smashed it. So if you haven't seen Joe Rooney before, you know, um, he's Wayne Rooney's older brother is another poke quiz fact, and he's just fucking great. So I'd actually make the effort to get out to see him. Not that you shouldn't come bug uglies any other week but this week especially it's worthwhile getting out to see Joe Rooney um, and then of course I'll be there as per just you know bringing people on having a bit of crack you know trying to have banter with the crowd like this week it was weird because in the front row we had two two French guys called Vincent like not one like it was random enough to just have one Vincent but they have deux Vincent that's a treat you know, Vincent's were both wild boys, so major shout out to my boys Vincent for coming to Pugglies last week. And again, last plug, come to this week's show with Joe Renee. It's going to be a busy one, so make sure you get in touch with Pugglies in advance to get your table reserved, which you can do on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Pugglies. There you go, you know, just I'm just plugging stuff right now. While I'm at it, I might as well plug this podcast. Get on to iTunes and SoundCloud or whatever. Subscribe and SoundCloud as people have been doing. A lot of people joining on the old weird wagon in the last wee while. A lot more listens, and it's great. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the shares that you do on Instagram and Facebook, on Twitter. Any shares of the podcast, put them in your stories or anything's massively appreciated. And any reviews as well. I'd love. I love to get written and reviews on the old uh, iTunes. And I got a, a new review this week. Whoa! Which is from G Loans and and said highly recommended. Very funny podcast. Thanks, Dave. Major shout out to G Loans, which sounds like you know somebody that would work for like Wonga or something. You know, major shout out to G Loans. Either that or a member of Migos. Either way, I respect you, G Loans. Joe, Joe, thanks for the review. Oh, oh, <laughs> thanks for the review. What you gonna do? I don't know why I went to Hulk Hogan. What you gonna do, brother, for that review, brother? Uh, well, we're losing the, the, the run of myself. Let me go on the listeners' questions before um, I go. Absolutely do, Lally. Um, there we are. Uh, first question is from Nathan Consiglia, my man. Said, Hiya, NYPD. Nummy, yummy, Papa Dave. <laughs> Hope I'm not too late. Um, not for podcast questions, Nathan. You're fine. But, I mean, I don't know if it's... 
something else you're talking about like if you're too late what i'm saying my advice to you nathan would be if you feel you've been too late for something just give it a go anyway you might not be too late you might you know it might be worth your while you know whether that's a friend you haven't spoken to in a while maybe it's a it's a girl or a guy i don't know what your your sexual preferences are but it's somebody you might fancy you want to say hey you know do you like them just go for it you know just you're never too late my man and you were not too late for the question but nathan's question this week is if you had to spend a day with any zoo animal which would it be and why My favourite zoo animal, um, probably my favourite animal for that matter, is a red panda. Now, not for obvious reasons, in that it's a chain of Chinese restaurants which make delicious food, which I enjoy as, hey, I'm a chunky monkey. But it's because I watched an episode of The Secret Life of the Zoo and I just became so attached to these wee red pandas, just these little cute... I don't know. I don't know why they're pandas, because do they look like pandas, kind of, but are they small? Yes, are they like raccoon pandas? That I don't know. They're like bear pandas, which you know, bear, raccoon, monkey panda. I don't. I don't know what they are, but they're so cute. And I was watching the Secret Life of the Zoo, and there was this red panda called June, and June got like was just June wasn't eating his food, you know, and uh, basically he got he just wasn't he wasn't feeling himself, you know, and his wife was kind of worried about him, you know, and she and like one of the zookeepers were like. We need we need to test June in case there's something like legit seriously wrong with him here, and they found out that June wasn't eating his food because he was sick, and they did the test on him, and, and unfortunately the bad news came back that June was seriously ill and had to get put down, and it just really made me so sad. Like it genuinely ruined the rest of my night, you know, from watching that because I just felt so attached to him. You know, and I was just really, really sad. So after that, I've just really loved um, the the red pandas so much so that I actually wrote to uh, Chester Zoo, which I'm trying to actually find here, um, to see if I can see tell you what my email said because I was so worried about June from. Uh, the secret life of the zoo that I had to email them to see that there we are here's my my email that i sent to chester zoo um i know let me see no it's not my email it's a reply from chester zoo right long story short i just checked in to see if uh if june's wife nima was all right right so reply from chester zoo in when was this November 2017 <laughs> so hey it's it's a real love I have for these red pandas hi Dave thank you for taking the time to contact Chester Zoo it's always great to hear what you have to say it's great to hear that you're a fan of the secret life of the zoo and you're enjoying watching it our animal keepers work closely with all the animals and the loss of June hit the team hard I've spoken with our animal team and I can confirm that Nima is fine and eating well and enjoying a normal daily routine there are no plans at the moment to add another red panda to the collection. Thank you for your interest and vital support of Chester Zoo. We hope you enjoy watching the rest of the series. Best wishes to the guest services team. And hey, that made me feel great. You know, so glad to know that Nemo was in the mend, that like she wasn't reacting to the death of June by, you know, maybe getting sick herself, not eating. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't realise that animals have feelings too, you know. Nathan, you've really opened a can of worms this week with that question, but I appreciate it. Phil McSee has said, Morning, Davros, my guy. I asked If asked by glorious leader Kim Jong-un to attend a dinner in which you had to present what you thought say is the best thing about NI, how would you bring the chubby little despot to the North Iron Way of thinking? Side note, get Boytown and SoundCloud already. Um, how would I, what would I say the best thing about Northern Ireland is? Um, it's hard to say because... There are so many things here that I think are good, but then also can be an annoying thing too. You know, like people are always say, oh, fucking order and cracks, great. Yeah, some of it is, but then there are some people that just think they're, cr- like, see if you think, or you ever go, oh, fuck, I'm hilarious, or my crack's great. More often than not, you're a ball bag. Um, but, I don't know, the best thing, what I think would get, hey, man, here it is, what I think would get Kim round to my way of thinking a bit, look, Kim, you can be hostile for years, you know, 
you can do whatever you want but at the end of the day there's hope at the end of the tunnel you can get peace you can relax you know what I mean but what I would say to him is hey man over here in Northern Ireland we, we dress better than you you know like we dress like we're not Dr. Evil you know I know you're an evil guy I know you're a leader um, of the not so free world but that doesn't mean you have to dress like a priest or Dr. Evil you know so I would say what he should do is get on their way of thinking by getting pints on board you know, maybe maybe get him in the Guinness, give him some harp, you know, make him head around a pub crawl around Belfast, get to see some comedy and Pug Uglies or Laveries or Black Box, any of those clubs kicking about the place. And I'd just be like, hey, come around this way of thinking, Kim. Loosen up, have a bit of crack. And you know what? Probably the best thing about Northern Ireland is our, our ability to take a good slabbering. You know what I mean? I don't think Kim takes it like... When Trump called him a, a rocket man, he didn't take that too well. Whereas, you know... If he came over here, he wouldn't be a rocket man. He would just be a fucking rocket, you know? And that's what people call him. They have to get used to that. So basically try and get him to take shit better from us. Glenn Lindsay said, Hello, Dave. Has Mr. Charlie ever expressed any interest in returning to his native Asia? And if so, how do you think he would get on there? For any of the new listeners out there, Mr. Charlie is my dog, the Shih Tzu dog, um, who's unfortunately not been living with us since we've been homeless. Um, He's living with my mother-in-law, who's just feeding him full Sunday dinners every day. I saw him today. His his fur's looking lovely and luscious. He's getting bathed, he's getting conditioned, he's getting fed. He's just a wee plump, fat, conditioned, poncy-looking Shih Tzu dog. Um, But your question, Glenn, do I think, has he ever expressed an interest um, has he ever expressed an interest in going back to Asia? I don't think so because I can't speak his language, you know. But I feel like he would do well in Asia, you know. He's, he's got that Shih Tzu look. Um, I, oh, well, I don't know what that was. Um, I think that was just my wife. Um, I found my collection of dildos under the bed now. Um, but I think Charlie, he, I think Charlie would do well in China, you know. I think he's got that that vibe about him that would do well you know he's sly and Chinese people tend to be sly but the truth is he would go there he'd be all like you know thinking he's top dog because that's the way he gets on he thinks he's the number one dog in the house but then he'd go to China and basically what happened would be get eaten because you know he's plump he's been fed up Chinese people like eating dogs that's their culture you know is it racist? nope just fact Chinese people like eating dogs look up the Yulan Festival I hate it anyway Sam Cardozi said, Hi Dave, wondering would you rather have the money toad salad fingers or would you prefer to have literal dicks for fingers? Oh, he's talking about my, my friend Shane, who's also co co-host of the Boytown podcast, which Glenn or which um sorry, Phil McSee had mentioned. Get Boytown and SoundCloud. It's on there. It's as of this week, Boytown is on SoundCloud. There you have first announcement. Get it out there. This week's podcast episode 116 116 of Boytown will be on SoundCloud it'll be available on Spotify it'll be on iTunes up the hood right sorry back to the question um, by Sam would rather have Shane's salad fingers or would rather have literal dicks for fingers hey man I'd rather have literal dicks for fingers because Shane's fingers are gross they look like um, Tutankhamun's fingers currently which has been mummified for hundreds and thousands of years um, they are long, they're spindly, they're creepy, they can produce ink, they're like octopuses, they're, they're just these weird things. I wouldn't want his fingers anywhere near me, especially on my, on my thick body, T-H-I-C-C. I wouldn't suit those big, long, spindly fingers, I'd look like a freak. And hey, if I had dicks on my actual fingers, you know, I could, I could find a real niche for that, I could be, you know, just out there with dick fingers being like in the porn business or something, you know, could be earning money and being a porn star, you know, I think that would be something that I would be pretty, pretty good at, not, not an actual porn star because, you know, you need a big dick and be able to come when you're told, and which is a guy trying for another baby, you know, hey, if I can't do it in front, you know, if I can't do it when I'm told, in front of my wife in a bedroom do you think I'm going to be able to do that with a pin dick in front of a room full of producers and filmmakers nah so hey I would use my juicy dick fingers to spunk everywhere oh my god like Spider-Man thanks for the question Sam oh my wife Catherine really funny why am I so pretty 
And um, what's quite funny about this, after she had wrote that, she I said, "What a fucking egomaniacal bitch!" She meant that she thought that I would just read the question, "Why am I so pretty?" Um, and I'd say to her, "Why am I pretty?" Is because you, my dear, have terrible eyesight. But why is she pretty? Because I guess just you know, her parents made make a, a cute a cute bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I I just yo, I just think that their parents make a cute bitch, for sure. For sure, player. <laughs> but um, yeah, you are much prettier than I. I am the, I am the puncher in the family, both punching up and if you wind me up, I will strike you, John Ferguson. If as a result of Brexit, European goods being sold in the UK had to be sold under a different name, what would you choose for which product? Hmm. I'm trying to think what I avail of most from Europe. I must admit, I like a chorizo sausage. You, oh, speaking of chorizo, oh my god! Back in the mini ma- the maiden earlier today, the the lady that was making the grilled sandwich was like, "Would you want lakes in this? Do you want?" Uh, I tell you what, I could put chorizo. S- what? I could put chorizo. So, and it was like, "Are you Guillaume Balahe? Why are you saying chorizo? You know, are you in Catalan? You know, are you a dragon? Why are you saying chorizo? Like, I hate when people do that." Do you know what I mean? Just say chorizo, you know what I mean? It's no charita. No one's going to go, oh, that's a sweet way to say that. You know, I think if you say it like that, you're a prick. And instantly, I didn't like that lady. Now, God love her. She's probably a wonderfully nice woman. Makes delicious sandwiches. Gave some good chat. But hey, don't ever say chorizo. Don't say chorizo. To me, though. I don't like it. You know? What's she going to do if she ever watches that movie with Ben Stiller? She could have called him Thulander, Thulander, which I thought Thulander. <laughs> or, or what's her favorite TV show, The Secret Life of the Th? <laughs> Fuck off, it's not Charit So, or So, not Tho, Charit Tho. Mother. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that film. Well, you know where, uh, you know where Ben Stiller and, um, Owen Wilson are uh, male models. Oh, you mean Zoolander? Nah, Thulander. Thulander. Don't say it, sorry. You know what, John? I would rename Chorizo. I would call that... I, I would call that... Sevi <laughs> C- C- Sausage, named after famous Spanish golfer Sevi ba- Ballesteros, or as they would say in Spain, Sevi Ballesteros. Which that's what the TL sound like, but hey, I think it's Spanish. Balesteros loves a chorizo, and I'll be known as Savvy Sausage. Um, let's see what else I've got coming in from Europe. Some camembert cheese in camembert. I would just call it <laughs> called toe fungus cheese because that's what it smells like when it's in your fridge. Just stinking toe fungus, or maybe you know, smeg cheese because I think that might be. What that also smells like, thinking of some other products coming over from Europe. Obviously, the the famous pop band, the Venga Boys. I would just call them, I'd call them the Venga Guys, because, hey, there's girls in the band too, and I don't want to assume anyone's gender, but it's better to just, you know, call them guys, because they're not boys or girls, they're just guys, like a mix of, you know, I mean, all sorts. So we've got the Venga Guys, Sevy Sausage, and uh, fungus Cheese is what I would need to rename some products. But John, if you want to come at me next week with some products you'd like to see me rename, hey, I'm all for that. Do you know what I mean? All for renaming European products. Question from Nor- the Northern Ireland football team. The Northern Ireland national football team verified account on Instagram has asked me, if you play for Northern Ireland, what would, what do you think your song from the fans would be? Um... I don't know, they'd be startled that I'd be playing. Obviously, I'd be a big target man up front, knocking the goals in. Um, he plays for NI. He's got a high BMI. Davy Elliott, our number one guy. <laughs> he plays for NI with a high BMI. Big Davy Elliott, our number one guy. <laughs> what a terrible song. Um or else they were just saying, sexy bastard, sexy bastard. 
<laughs> oh, I've drank too much water today. Um, let me see. Uh, we have a question for from. This is the thing. I had my questions all set out there, ready to ready to answer. But then I've got, got confused at one there. Let me see. Oh, Matt Thompson has said, "Hey, Dave guy, been a while since I sent." Any pondering thoughts into the podcast? Hope I'm not too late. No, man, you're not too late. But like I said, Nathan, if it's not about the questions, if you feel like it's something you need to do you haven't done yet, just grab the bull by the horns. Yes, you might get spiked, but hey, at the ultimate time, you could tame the bull, man, so it could be really worth that. Dave, today I'm bequeathing an animal fact to the Fellowship of Weird. Did you know that a shrimp's heart is located in its head? But Papa Guy, my question to you is that if you were given the money for the holiday of a lifetime, what kind of niche adventures could we expect? Ciao. Well, my man, I'm going to be totally straight up with you. And I'm going to say that, you know, I feel like I would go, I would like to go to Japan. You know, Matt, that's a weird, a weird choice. It's been something I've been thinking about for a while. Like I've been to America I love America, I love New York, love LA, love San Francisco, love all that shit. I'd love to go to New Orleans. I'd definitely go there for a major a major party and a holiday, and that's something I'd like to do. But somewhere that I haven't really seen as um as like a viable holiday and option is Japan. But I'm very keen to go there. I like Japanese culture. I like um the the scenery looks beautiful. I like their the way they have advanced technology. I just feel like I like the cuisine. I just feel like Japan would be a real great place. And also while I'm there, I could ask, you know, Japanese people if my Japanese accent's any good. Do you know what I mean? I could be like, do you like my accent? And they'd probably go, no, that's fully racist. And I go, all right. But then I'll just learn proper Japanese and just drink a load of sake and just have a real good time. But I could definitely see myself getting on the bullet train, you know, going across Japan, maybe buying myself some sexy Asian clothes, which I would have to buy probably a 10XL to fit me because, you know, those those Japanese Asian guys are, are small dudes. Very stylish. Probably get into a bit of K-pop when I'm out there. Yeah, for all you guys out there, I mean, uh, K-pop's Korean pop. Not anymore, baby. It's It's Asian. You know, there's a lot of Japanese K-pop stars. You know, if you knew anything about that, you would know. But yeah, I would be out there. I probably, you know, I'd probably take on a sumo. I would get a, you know, albeit they would be wearing their big flipping Zumo belts and whatever is it called. I just turn up in a stringer, dick hanging, stringer on, nips pierced. Show me what you got, Japan. That's what you can expect from me, man, over the holiday of a lifetime. <laughs> Patty Mack has said. Hey Dave, no topic today, rather just a shout out to Pug Ugly's Comedy Club on Thursday Night Past. It was an absolute banger of a lineup and a night thoroughly enjoyed by both myself and Lucy, Lucy being his partner. Um, I'd never seen Neve Marin before and she didn't disappoint. Would recommend to all listeners of the Weird Podcast to get down ASAPX. Patty, next time you're there, I'll give you that X in real life, that kiss, to say thank you for the support, my man, and hopefully you'll get down again next week. Luke Gorman has said, more good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hope all's well, Dave. With a massive boom of true life crime documentaries on Netflix and in general, what true crime story slash mystery would you like to get the documentary treatment? And are there any of the documentaries that have been released that you've liked as much as you like the documentaries about serial killers and other criminals? Um, As I said earlier, I like the... Uh, the Miami Showbound Massacre documentary. Didn't like the story. Thought it was really sad. Um, thought it was also really shitty. Um, the way things were here. And the way those poor guys just going about trying to be, you know, musicians. And that happened to them. It was fucking terrifying. Um, but I don't know. I, obviously, we've seen the Ted Bundy um, documentary on Netflix. I, I feel like... I would like there to be one at H.H. Holmes, the, the Chicago doctor that, like, had a murder house. I'd be keen to see, like, an actual, like, walk-through discussion of what his house all entailed. Like, I'd be keen to see somebody, you know, not Chris Packham, because Chris Packham just deals with the animals. But I'd be keen to see somebody out there just, you know, go, like, you know, reenacting what's going on. Not reenacting murder, but, like, showing us, like, what sort of weird things he had in his house. He built this house bespoke 
Like, if you're going to be a serial killer, you may as well do it the right way. And ATH Homes got loaded dough, built this big, big hotel house mansion with, like, you know, soundproof rooms for murdering in. He had, like, shoots the connected rooms. So if he killed someone in one room, he's buying them to shoot to fly down into the basement to be be put into vats of acid and burnt. Like, it was a... It was a terrifying thing, but I don't think a lot of people know too much about it. It's not like one of the main cases out there, but it should be because it's absolutely mental. Um, I'd like to see that. Um, I'd also like to see more done with the Green River Killer, Gary Ridgeway. I find his story fascinating. I don't know how one guy with a normal life, a wife, a kid, a family, a job, could kill so many people and, and balance that. Like That was clearly a psychotic man. that He could just be one way of his family and fully murder someone fascinates me like how people can can see it like can murder people regularly it fascinates me you know completely you know it's there's not i don't know if it's a morbid curiosity but it's just an interest in the the working of a criminal mind that i have like ever since i saw the science of lambs when i was about 15 14 15 i just thought the whole thing of criminal profiling you know like dealing with people with you know, psychotic minds was just something that really interested me, you know, and like trying to understand why people do these absolutely abhorrent things. And that's why it interests me, you know, because obviously my sister's like, oh, you're going to be a serial killer. I'm like, nah, I get all grossed out about the thought of anything like that. It turns me, turns me, so it does. But it's just the thought of how somebody can, you know, go like it's all are you born or do you become you know it's how someone can just do those things fascinates me so i'll be keen to see something new on hh Holmes and the green river killer look thanks for that you've opened the can of worms into the weird mind of david elliott chris henning said hola papa bear extraordinaire put your hands up in the air like you just don't care hope you had an eventful week i think you should have a live weird podcast all the weirdos could just sit around with a carry out live listeners questions and we just have a special version of the champions league of weird with all the weirdos and that annoying man boy shane todd won't be there what about it dave um you know what chris i'm gonna say i don't know how the weird podcast could work i guess you just said it there we could just get me on stage with a bottle of wine and just do listeners questions um, and talk about a few things you know if for talk's sake I got enough interest where people are like, yeah, I want to see the Weird Podcast live. I would consider it. But at the minute, it's not something I've thought about. Now, if I get an, avalon- an, av- an avalanche, uh, if I get an avalanche of people being like, we want to see it, you know, I will not disappoint the fans. But at, the, at this minute, I haven't heard one personal than yourself be like, I'd like to see it live. So probably not going to happen. Um, Chris Barr said, hey, Dave, hope you're well. Check out this week's weird news story. So basically, the the headline of this news story is Russian man boards plane naked. All right. So, um, long story short, this dude in Russia um, has tried to board a plane um, because it would make himself more aerodynamic. Footage of the man, his identity is yet to be revealed, was shown him standing nonchalantly as he waits to board a Ural Airlines flight. Lots of photos of the guy just minding his own business, standing dick out you know not giving a, sh- a fuck is, does he have a piece on him i don't know because sadly it's blurred but long story short is the guy's naked he's on the plane people are like nah man you can't get on the plane naked he's like okay i will just mind my own business here i will keep out of trouble you're like yeah man you gotta put you gotta put sheath that piece you know you can't be running around with a bare machete you know that matchet that machete that machete whatever you want to call it the dick needs to be covered up bro um and as the story goes on it basically says, yeah, the Russian dude was hospitalized under the Mental Health Act, which is basically a fair response to being fully nude trying to board a plane. Um, but what Chris wants to know is what's your favorite holiday destination? Hmm. For me, as I was saying earlier, a place I've been that I loved, loved San Francisco, you know, loved LA, places I definitely like to go back. And New York was amazing. I love New York. But in terms of like like where I like to chill, I like the I like Nice in the Côte d'Azur, south of France. My folks have a wee place out there. I love to go over there. Heading to Nice in September. Heading to uh, 
Tenerife in a couple of weeks and heading to Tormelinos in uh, May. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a holiday guy. I'm a, I'm a jet setter. I'm Mr. Worldwide. I'm having a great time. And the last question of the week is from Gareth Owens. I said, hey, Dave, good to see you back on the fitness bandwagon. You've probably talked about it earlier in the podcast, but how's the house progressing? Hashtag homeless. Whoa, Gareth, you are some kind of Nostradamus guy because I've fully chatted about this earlier. But, yeah, things are progressing okay. They're not progressing brilliantly in terms of speed. But we're getting there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And again, if any of you electrician guys are out there, you know, give us a shout. I'll pay you for it. Obviously, a mate's rate. And, you know, Shane will give you a wank. So that's where I think I'll end this week's podcast. Um, again, if you haven't already, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. means a lot. You know, anything that's written. You know, if you take more time than just buying on five stars, which you'll do. You know, I'll read it out in the podcast, give you a shout out like my man G Loans. And uh, other than that, subscribe on SoundCloud, you know, spread the word, let people know what I'm about. Help me show you what I'm about. Enjoy your week. I'll be back again next week. God bless.